Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Well, hello, and today is going to be a very interesting show because you see I have something on called a hard hat, and that's because I am so absolutely thrilled and honored to have a new sponsor for the show. This is TD Industries, and TD is a premier mechanical construction and facility services company. It is an employee-owned enterprise that's guided by men and women with their hearts for servant leadership. Also, TD is a trailblazer in something that I'm going to say is so fascinating to me, and that's women in the trades. So today, I'll take my hat off, and I'd like to welcome Randy Heron, who is the Senior Vice President at TD for New Construction. Um, and she's very much involved in this initiative of women in the trades involvement. Also, Randy is part of the senior leadership team at TD. She serves also on Plan, Grad, Plan Grid's customer advisory board. She's a Texas Tech College of Architecture Design Leadership Alliance in the Dean's Circle. She's a member of the Associated General Contractors Executive Roundtable. Wow. Welcome, Randy. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's great to be here with you. That's a lot of accolades. Oh, That's a lot. Thank of you. How many years have you been with TD? I've been with TD Industries for 24 years. That, that's amazing. I you know. Like you're 12. Well, and I appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate each other. We had a great meeting last night in getting to know each other. You flew in for this engagement. Yeah. And this is the very first of many uh, podcasts that your company is sponsoring, mm -hmm. which I'm, again, just very grateful for. I want to talk to you about, um, as I've already mentioned, as you head the TD Innovation Team and you started this Women's in Trade initiative, tell us about that. Well, you know, one of the things that we uh, talk about every year as we're doing our strategic planning is what are our constraints? What's holding us back? Mm -hmm. And ma manpower historically is the top thing. Mm -hmm. the, the deficiency um, in manpower and that we don't have enough to do what we want to do. And so one day when we were brainstorming, I said, why don't we just skip our problem? and stop focusing on 50% of the population that's male, why don't we open it up to the other 50% of the population that's female, right? Of course. Because there won't be a shortage. You know, mm -hmm. we'll come out of deficit and into surplus if we can just take advantage of that other 50% of very capable, quality-minded, energetic women who would probably love to be in this industry. What what are the statistics, uh, Randy? Well, first of all, there's a shortage period, right? Right. And there, there is a shortage in, in um, people going into the trades. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I when you say trades, I say trades. I mean plumbers, pipe fitters, yeah. welders, sheet metal mechanics, electricians. Just the construction trades in general. Mm-hmm. Over time, there's been um, other industries that have been taking up a lot of what the people who would normally come into the trades. And so there's other options out there, or you know, some some kids coming out of high school don't know that that option exists. I think that's true. Right. Right. And so. So there's a big gap between the amount of people that are retiring from the industry and the amount of people that are entering the industry. Okay. And I think just through some maybe biases that people don't know that they have, they have only been looking at and soliciting for the male side of the industry instead of going after and helping women see that this could be a great career opportunity for them as well. Boy, we come a long way from the fact that women used to be predominantly teachers and nurses and so yeah no absolutely the sky's the limit yeah mm-hmm. how, uh, out of the um back to the statistics how many at at this current time what are the percentages of men versus women that do these plumbing and mechanics and so forth well in the industry in total it's about nine percent women that's but not much. within the trades it's even smaller around one to two percent yeah. My goodness. Okay, so tell me more about how this happened. How did you rec- recognize there was a shortage? Right. Well, and, you know, I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't know how to do it. I knew that I wanted to go out to, to women mm-hmm. and, and find great women to come to work for us, but how do I find them? Because they're not exactly lined up outside of our door, right? <laughs> right. And so one of the things that I also learned as I was reading is that women typically only apply for a job when they know that they meet at least 90% of the qualifications for that job. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Why, right. is, why is that? I mean, you know, I think they're just, they want to make sure that they're going to do a good job. They want to make sure that they know what they're doing. And what I'm coming to them about is you don't have to know. We'll teach you everything you know, need to know. Mm-hmm. I just need you to be excited about coming to work and have some grit and some tenacity and some want to and then we can provide the training to help you grow in your career okay that's awesome yeah so it was a it's really difficult because like I said before they're not lined up out the outside of the door how do I find them you know so I was really fortunate um, that I had found an article written by S&B engineers and constructors about a similar program that they had done with women in the trades now Uh, who are they they're a contractor in the houston area and um, they had done a program where they wanted to help women get into pipe fitting and so they had written an article about it it was in one of the trade magazines and they referenced the united way thrive organization in houston that helped them uh, helped them develop a program to recruit and hire and train Mm -hmm. um, the group of women that went through their program and so i reached out to the united way as well to the Thrive program, to Dorian Cockrell at the time, who was over Thrive. And he and um, a lot of members and um, companies and associations, he brought them all together to help us develop a recruiting program and a training program uh, that really saw the women from you know helping me find them all the way to when they went out to the field to receive their, on, you know, their training on site. So where is it now? What's happening? Well, we on May 10th, we'll have a, our first year behind us. And Congratulations. I, thank you very much. We celebrated uh, the graduation from the program last May 10th, and now mm. we're coming up on, on the one-year anniversary, and the women are doing great. 
they, um, I, you know, I, I see them on the job sites. I see them come into the office. You know, some of them are working in our assembly shop now, too. And it's just really exciting. You know, I saw one come in the other day, and I asked her how she was doing, and she just was beaming. And she said, you know, I'm doing some design right now. And so it was just, she was just so proud of where she has come. And so it was great. So you really, I mean, this is a big deal. You are Mm -hmm. opening up a whole industry to, I as a woman would have never thought that, that, that women would even want to be plumbers and contractors and so forth. And the answer is obviously yes. What kind, well, first of all, how many people applied? How many women before your first year anniversary right got excited about this well through united way they partnered us with workforce solutions and workforce solutions sent out an email blast to their database of over 4000 women and women veterans Whoa. and so through that email blast they had a response of about 450 women and then they did, they phone screened and then we did an event where women were invited to come uh, find out more about TD Industries and apply and interview in person. And there were about 70 women that showed up. There was actually a line out the door. It was very humbling to see. Finally, the line right. out the door. Right. And so Workforce Solutions did such a good job um, interviewing and helping us with that process. And so they were able to turn over the final group of women that were really interested in, in this as a profession. And we did final interviews and, and hired 10 from that point. So what are they now doing? Just really doing? They're doing what? Right. So there's a couple of them that are plumbers helpers. Okay. And plumbers helpers. Yes, ma'am. To learn yes. how to be the plumber. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then also uh, sheet metal helpers. No kidding. Right. I'm curious what the um, what type of woman is is showing up for this. You know, I don't think that there's a particular type. I personally think they're very brave and courageous mm-hmm. to try something new that they might not have been had a passion for previous in life, but mm-hmm. they were brave enough to say, "Hey, I, I read this description. I think I can do this." Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just, I feel so honored to be able to be a part of their future success and just to see them embrace something new and to work towards a, a definite career in this mm. industry. Uh, it just, it, it feels great to be able to give back and to, to provide jobs that are great jobs yes. at great dollar per hours with benefits mm-hmm. and make those jobs available to all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it uplifts not just the the women that were hired, but the whole community around them. Absolutely. You know, it's no different than anything else, Randy, is it? We just need to have our eyes open that women can do things we've just never even thought of. I mean, I know a lot of women who are so handy i stand back and go you did what in your house (laughs) well and i think it's your responsibility you know to be the change that you want to see and then once you are where you where you're in a good spot to reach back and help others absolutely so if if you're not happy with with something in your life or with something in your company then work really hard to make a difference and and change it that's a good pearl of wisdom. You know, I always ask for what are those things that you would, as a leader who has yeah. risen to the uh, stage you're at and many more things to come, those things that are important. So we'll yeah. uncover some more as we go along. Thank you. 
it took Randy. It took a lot of um, innovation for you, or innovative thinking, I would say, for you to figure all this out. What is innovation really? Innovation is really important to me. It's one of my passions, and the definition of innovation to me is creating value. That's so easy. either in your internal customers or your external customers providing a product or a service that provide that creates value in their life. Mm. You're filling a gap where they have a need. Well, okay, so uh, let's take just innovation, period. Mm -hmm. Because I find that companies are um, really talking about to their employees, we need more innovation. They're saying to me, we need more people who think innovatively. And that's kind of like saying, well, we need people with big ideas. But they don't really tell people what it is or how to do it. Right. So if someone's listening in a, any company, and they happen to feel like they are an innovative kind of a person or want to be, what can they do? Well, what I think you should do if you have a true passion around it is start talking about it. Start getting involved and seeing within your company or your community, are there other people around that think like you, other people that mm -hmm. believe in possibilities and the potential of ideas. Because there's got to be a there's there are people within your organization that are like that and see if your senior leadership will work with you and um, have some maybe committees innovation committees that like-minded people can come together and share ideas and maybe even challenge throw some challenges out with your within your organization mm. to harness the power of the ideas that already exist in your organization and and how can you find those people you know, through, through different challenges that you could have and then help them with their ideas. And I think another really big piece is to educate yourself about it. If you're, if you're passionate about it, read. Read about innovative companies mm -hmm. or read about innovative technologies or how, do you, how have others started innovation groups within their companies. So um, I think that there's so much great information and so many people around that would love to help that really you know find your circle there and, you go. and find just your put tribe. yourself out there and just like i said if you be the change you want to see mm -hmm. and you know <clears throat> i've uh, recently been talking with a leader who was interested in this kind of thing and she started challenging her own team mm -hmm. she started researching herself and she obviously was an innovative kind of a person it's she was always curious i think it has to take curiosity right. Isn't that right? Right. And so she, as people came to her, this is just one example, and I'd love others, as people came to her with issues, problems, mm -hmm. <laughs> she turned it around and she began having innovation circles within her team, exactly right. what you're talking about. Right. And even take it to the employee level. Um, why can't just somebody on a team say, you know what, I really want to think differently about the issues that we've got going on. Right. Anybody want to get, what do you think? No, and that's exactly what I was saying before, yeah. is definitely just start getting, having those platforms available where people can come together. But I think the important part too, mm -hmm. is to really do your research and understand how to have conversations to find out what the problems are within the organization or what the problems are that people are experiencing. There's, hmm. a, there's a way to solicit your internal and external customers to find out where value creation exists for them 
you know, what are their struggles every day? You know, what are their processes? Take me from the beginning to the end of your day. What do you encounter? Do you have any issues that affect productivity? And get really solicit the facts from that because it's really not their job to figure out how to solve the problem. As an innovator, it's your job mm. based on the facts that you find out from their lives to help come up with a creative solution for them. Talk to the customer. Right. It's all, it's all about great customer conversations. Isn't that great? Yes. I mean, that in itself. It's not about you coming up with ideas for your company or your team. It's about, well, what, who do we serve? Right. What are the needs? And right. you never know what would trickle out from right. that. And dig deep through really good dig conversations deep. where you're pulling out facts because your customers don't always know how to solve their problem. They just know that they're having a problem. That's really true. And I always use this quote, the Henry Ford quote, if I would have asked my customers what they would have wanted, they would have said a faster horse, <laughs> right? Because they couldn't see the car. So right. sometimes somebody knows that they're struggling with something, but they don't have that big idea. Uh -huh. And so it's, it's really your job within the company as, as an innovator to, like I said before, solicit that information out of it so that maybe that's a jumping off point that you can design um, something that is a, a pain reliever for them. Pain reliever, we, mm -hmm. need, we all need that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me who Randy is. Give me your background, yeah. how you got into this construction business. Well, native Houstonian, born in Houston. Mm -hmm. And uh, growing up, my father was a general contractor didn't really spend too much time looking into what he did for a living. I just knew what he did for a living. You know, I wasn't that involved in it. And then I went off to school. I went to Texas A&M University. And uh, freshman year, like I think a tremendous amount of kids don't really know what they want to do in and life that's okay. when you're 18 years mm -hmm. old. And so I spent the first year taking a lot of different classes. And... Um, I was flipping through the catalogs because they used to have catalogs back then. It wasn't all online mm -hmm. like it is now. And I came ac across the Department of Construction Science at Texas A&M. What and is I, that, construction science? It's a, it's a college where you can go um, understand methods and materials within the construction industry and some um, how to really be a project manager. Okay. And so I Not went, doing the sheet metal work, but the project management. The project management side. Mm -hmm. um, or just management in general um, mm -hmm. within that industry. And so I went and I talked with the dean, and I really liked what he had to say and what the, what the department was about. And so I just jumped in. And I've been very fortunate and grateful. I think it's surrounding yourself with wonderful people. You know, the... The Department of Construction Science was a great um, resting place, and they helped mm -hmm. me get where I need to be. And then coming to TD Industries was just another blessing because it was the right place where I could grow within this industry because it isn't the easiest industry to get into, especially when I did, being a woman. But TD Industries, you know, believes in diversity mm -hmm. and um, really took a chance on me, which I appreciated. And, you know, 24 years later, I'm still here. Gratefully so. Yeah. Tell us about um, what makes TD Industry be the fabulous servant leadership kind of a company that's been best places to work for how many years? Over se Well, best place to work for about 20 years. I it's mean, been in business for over 70 years. And then um, that's a big honor to have a, a national honor. best place to work award for a construction company. And it's hard to get, right. really hard Very to hard get. Very hard to get, and especially for a construction company. And so I think what makes TD Industries so special is that it's based in servant leadership and it's employee owned. So it's like you're more of a family 
there you go to work for here and you know you've you come to work and you're excited to see your family every day um, so it's you really feel like that what you do is making a difference for the total that's kind of a role model for mm-hmm. any family mm-hmm. any organization right, right so I can see why you've been there so mm-hmm. long and again why I'm so honored that that your company sponsors this so you have been randy you've been uh opening so many doors now of opportunities for so many people who opened doors for you you know i i would have to say just being at td industries and being able to have the upward mobility or the chance to continue to grow through the organization you know definitely opens doors but i think also until you really put yourself out there and start and start uh, working in different circles and getting to know different people, that's when opportunity really comes. You know, you get to see new ideas and somebody that might be doing something in their organization that, hey, I think that might work within mine too. And so it's really making yourself open for the opportunities that are around you. You have to put yourself out there. That's not easy for a lot of people. Right. Especially, I would say, um, I do a lot of work with more introverted people, and that's really hard. Right. So how do you learn to put yourself out there? Well, and I'm more introverted too, but when you are working within your passion, I think Ah. your introversion goes by the side, right? There you go. There you Mm -hmm. go. It's interesting you say that. I was at a meeting this morning, and it was a book synopsis meeting where uh, books are read by a gentleman named Randy Mayu, and he uh, then gives the synopsis, obviously. And one of the main points that this particular book was saying was that you absolutely need to have passion for something and find something to do that fulfills that passion. If you can't at work, at least outside, but somebody without a passion... You How just, happy can you be? No, you can't. You just get yeah. out of bed, do your routine, and go back to bed, and it's not it's not fulfilling, right? Mm-hmm. But when you finally take the leap and work within your passion, life can be so much better. That's, and finding your purpose, it's mm-hmm. hard to do, but, but you're absolutely right. You know, as a, a woman and these women now who are going to becoming more uh, involved in in the trades, how do you keep your family as number one? You've raised your family. Well, yeah, my my fam- my kids are now in college, uh, so it's a congratulations. A whole lot, thank you. It's a whole lot easier. But I always thought when they left to go to college that my job was over, and it's not. <laughs> never. No. Never. I'm finding out it's never quite over right. in that regard. But. Um, you know, it, it, it was a struggle, you know, having two jobs, the job exactly. at TD Industries every day and then coming home and, and having to, you know, feed and shower and homework and all of that. But, um, you know, I'm so grateful and was actually talking about this earlier today that um, all of that chaos or all of that chatter and everything going on that you just got to be grateful for it because one day it might not be there you know Mm. it might slow down and i don't know that i would be ready for that so you just have to find your gratitude within the moment you know i'm glad you said the word gratitude Mm -hmm. Uh, i recently wrote a a newsletter in valerie's voice on just gratitude (laughs) of all the all the monthly newsletters i've done over the years 
that one so i'm writing more on gratitude that one just hit i got so many people uh responding to the importance mm-hmm. of gratitude tell us more about well, having know, that mindset when we're in such right. a fast-paced world right I, I think it's really important to live within the space of gratitude i think sometimes if we're not grateful for what's around us we can get caught up in in maybe some of the really difficult situations and so within my team um, gratitude is so important it's like a staple and so what we do when we start any new meeting is the first thing we talk about is what we're grateful for really just for that day we take a few minutes to go around the table and just appreciate right like that and then also i've found that um, people don't get thanked enough you know, especially our guys out in the field that are working so hard in the, the, the heat of the summer or the cold and rainy winter days. Um, so what we do is we try to recognize them. If someone in our team is doing a great job, then they'll bring it to my attention and I'll send a little handwritten thank you note. And it's, it's unbelievable, almost in every instance, someone will come into the office and thank me for their thank you note. And I've even had... Mm people come in and thank me and say, Randy, I put that thank you note on the bulletin board so my family could see it. And I had another, um, a plumber helper, or actually he was a plumber in the field, wrote a thank you note to him for something. And his wife contacted me and said, I just want you to know that he read me that letter three times last night. So if you think your thank you doesn't mean anything, you're really wrong. If you just take a little bit of time, it doesn't take long to write, it'll, Put a smile on their face that that lasts a whole lot longer than the time it took you to write the that letter. You know that sounds like uh, someone might be listening, saying, "Okay, a thank you note." But but it's interesting that you're bringing that particular thing up, because as a Fox News contributor, just last week, I got a call from media. Next next week, I think I will be talking with the media about just thank you notes mm-hmm. and the fact that they're gone. That people don't do it. We get on the, you know, we get on the email, yeah. and we send a quick thanks or that was great. Or, but how many? Just to your point, people don't take the time to handwrite. You don't have to have great handwriting. It just could be three sentences. Right. Right. But the mi- yes. But you know, we're we're mm. moving into the connected age, right? But we're so disconnected, mm-hmm. right? We're we're we moving and getting more isolated. And so, but, but people still crave that connection. We do. And just a simple thank you mm-hmm. um, goes a long way to that connection. You know, on that same thank you, thank you for that thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm also thinking about how TD grew 70 years in business, and now it's a large organization. I'm curious to get your perspective on this. As companies grow and they uh, they get larger. There can be a tendency <laughs> for the institution to lose the inspiration. Right. Right. And so, um, how can you keep you as a leader in an organization? How can you keep that inspiration going? You're doing some great things. Right. Well, you have to keep the conversation going. Back to and conversation. And you keep the conversation going mm-hmm. through training or getting together and always highlighting what your your core values are why are you here you know and especially with td industries who's founded on a basis of servant leadership to keep the servant leadership conversation going and all that you do 
so that you don't lose that. You know, it's, it's about spreading the message. And when you say servant leadership, that's become kind of a, a thing. Right. What is it? To me, what it means is if I'm going to lead you, I must first serve your needs so that you can be successful. I need to look at you and say, what kind of training do you need? What kind of tools do you need? What kind of support do you need? Mm. So that's what servant leadership means to me. That's, that's probably the best simple mm-hmm. explanation that I've caught. And there's a lot of books out there, but right? that kind of nails it, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Is there a particular female leader in any industry that you have uh, looked to as sort of a role model? You know, I read a lot. I watch a lot of TED Talks. I watch a lot of videos. You know, so yeah, there are so many women out there Mm -hmm. that are doing some amazing things. And there are a lot of women in TD industries that are doing amazing things. It's just, you know, if you um, put those resources around you, uh, where you're always looking at Twitter or looking at LinkedIn and follow certain people and you can see the great things they're doing and it can inspire you to do great things too. But there are so many amazing women out there. I don't even know how to list them all. <laughs> Not but, any one in particular. Yeah, well, no, uh, you know, there, there are, I, I can't. <laughs> I can't. There's just too I many. I think that's really actually There's good. You can't because mm-hmm. there are so many, but you right. have to look for them. Right. You mentioned something um, last night when we were talking about a woman mm-hmm. that you admired. Right. Uh, online, wasn't it? Well, I had, she was in the space of innovation. And, and what happened? I, had, I, I wrote her name down on a list. I keep a little list of someone I would like to talk to mm-hmm. one day and um, hadn't gotten quite the courage uh, to figure out how to contact her yet. But then I was at um, an event where I was speaking and she sat down across from me. And I just think that sometimes life is so funny that um, you get connected you know, like that with something that I wanted and then it just appeared in front of me. So I actually got to have a great conversation with her and spoke to her yesterday as well. So that was actually, um, you know, speaks to you know being really specific with goals and thoughts and intentional Mm -hmm. and um, sometimes you get a little help along the way too you know there is power in in writing something down because the more you write it down the more it sinks into you and then the more it sinks into you the more it comes out of you and you never know what will happen and i am careful when i write something down Mm -hmm. that means it's it it's really important and really i'm very important. careful with what i write down because it'll happen <laughs> you know do you journal I, I do journal i do write um, i never understood the power of writing until i started to do it mm. um, but it's very cathartic it kind of helps you think through why you did what you did and it gives you a little bit of introspection to be able to say why am i acting that way is it the right way to act you know what do i really want out of life and most people don't take the time because our lives are so busy to sit down and think about yourself. But mm-hmm. when you write, it forces you into that. And I think that that's one of the things that why I'm so happy is because I've got a real, a real understanding about what makes me happy and where I want to go in the future. You know, that clarity mm-hmm. of being really uh, understanding what makes you happy is... Um, is something I find a lot of people today, Randy, are struggling with. Not everyone is working for a TD. Right. Uh, not everyone is happy with what their job is. And um, 
Do you have any thoughts about how someone can find their purpose, can find well, what it is that would make them I, happy other than coaching? <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to do some hard work and figure out what makes you happy. And that sounds really weird, but most people don't take the time to figure that out about themselves. Where do you really want to be? What really makes you happy? Mm-hmm. Write it down and then figure out how to take steps to get there. And it takes courage. It takes being brave because you're putting yourself out there and doing something that you're nervous about that you think, oh, my goodness, everybody's looking at me and they're going to know I'm an imposter. But they don't. (laughs) You know, you surround yourself with great people and they help you get where you want to go. This is the control. And in the control room, um, we're closing the show. We just have one question um, that we'd like to ask. Um, Mentorship is such a big thing, right? And women sometimes don't feel like they can count on their female counterparts uh-huh. to um, as as a support. Um, what would be your advice for someone who would need that that uh, mentorship, female mentorship, but it doesn't know where to start? Well, and this gets back to what I said earlier about reaching back. It really is when you're in a good spot as a woman, you really need to reach back and help other women. Mm-hmm. They need your help. You know, and then also as we brought the as we brought our first group of tradeswomen in, one of them said to me, "You know, I didn't know if I could do this, but I see you, and it makes me know that I can get there." Oh, so by having great. examples and having mentors available within your organization, and if your organization doesn't have mentors, go write somebody's name down on a piece of paper mm-hmm. that you want to be your mentor, and then get the courage up and go ask them. You know, thank you for that question from the audience. And one more thing I'll just add to it, and that is that from a mentor standpoint, and I do a lot of it, it doesn't take that much time. It really doesn't. And I learned so much from my mentees that it's just a valuable thing to do. Randy, you have just opened so many eyes, I think, today and and ears on a whole new opportunity for women to Mm -hmm. go out there and think about the trades. And if anyone is interested in knowing more about that, uh, let me just give you some information on who to contact and where. So uh, at TD, Hattie Peterson is the Senior Vice President of Marketing. And her email is her name, Hattie, like hat, hat, H-A-T-T-I-E, dot Peterson, P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N, at tdindustries.com. That's Hattie Peterson at tdindustries.com. And she will put you in touch with. You won't have to go through a loop of, oh, well, I've got to go online and go to a company and I'll be lost. No, you won't. They won't let that happen. So I want to thank you again. I want to thank TD for being our sponsor today. Especially proud that uh, this company lives and breathes the very essence of what this show is about, authentic leadership and a company whose employees and leaders are doing it right. Don't forget, you can get this book at Amazon.com, Do It Right. The show is called Doing It Right. And next week, we will have another wonderful leader talking about their story and how they came into uh, their success by maintaining their values and living with integrity. And that's what I love. Until next time, please do go on to the, the uh, podcast or the YouTube channel. Please subscribe, rate, and review. You know what to do. We appreciate you. Thanks. Until next time, stay authentic.
Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.